This is the Roaring Elephant Podcast, and here I am with my maybe slacking off, maybe not slacking off. He definitely is slacking off. It's my co-host, Jan. Hello, Jan. I will defer to my robot companion to... <laughs> Exactly. I was. I knew you were going to go there. That makes me the robot. I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it's not. It's not wrong. You got a calling. <laughs> See it like that. It's a good thing. A place <laughs> in this universe. You must be lucky. Exactly right. Exactly right. So we are once more uh, inspired by a uh, an article here. Um, which is uh, talking about this uh, this concept of uh, how do they describe it? Social social loafing, I think was the was the description that they used. Um, which is essentially the the situation of what happens when um, humans are asked to partner with uh, some sort of automation. And it turns out that uh, when people are asked to partner up with some form of automation, they actually do a worse job because they just assume, ah, surely the surely the robots are just yeah, taking the load and, and I can kind of just chill out for a bit. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to unpack. Um, uh, okay, I guess we're not going to be talking about the Cybermen in this episode, so I'm going to take away the, the picture then. <laughs> Even though all of the comments on that article <laughs> are talking about the Doctor Who picture and uh, everything else. So, yeah. I mean, there's a different way of looking at this, right? I mean, one way you can look at it is that uh, we actually acknowledge that our robot overlords are better than us at everything. And we just assume that they will do a better job and we just let them get on with it and we get out of the way. I mean, yeah. how can that be bad? Yeah, and this is this is one of those things where I was trying to think about what the dynamic is when you've got um, you know two humans working together versus you know an automation and a human, mm -hmm. and I suppose there's a couple of things going on depending on the dynamic that you could have human trying to prove they're better than other human. Like that definitely is a dynamic that exists sometimes. Um, but surely you could have also the same kind of like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so. Uh, Fred has already checked uh, this, uh, this particular thing. Like, I'll just have a quick skim through. It's probably fine. So I'm not, I'm not quite sure if how, whether this is uh, more prevalent in the, uh, automation to human or whether this is just human nature and they're they're just putting a bit of a spin on something that's been here forever well it's human nature and spin is how human nature works uh, but i don't think it actually has a real effect because there's a big difference between having a human companion and a robot companion if i say something the human companion could say, that's not true. The robot probably won't. So while I could say that uh, this episode was totally brilliantly edited altogether because Dave did it, you will probably come up and say, I didn't do this. That, you can't turn this on me. <laughs> if I tell, on the other hand, that I did it all beautifully, but my computer broke the thing. I'm waiting for my computer to say something back, but 
it won't. Mm-hmm. So I think people do kind of get the uh, automatic response of the automatic, uh, I call that reflex, that, well, this computer checked it first and I missed it. But yeah, I mean, I'm just here to do a quick pass. The computer is the one that actually has to be doing it, right? The boss isn't going to complain against that because he just spent uh, a gazillion monetary units to buy that uh, CRAP. Um, so you're kind of in a safe spot by pointing it back to the robot. And when you have, and that is human nature, I think, once you have that kind of fallback position, that kind of, if something goes wrong, then... Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, if I have a bad day and I'm tired or whatever, uh, I can see that happening. While a human companion, I will pretty much always see as a matter of control. Even here in this little two-person team here, I am consciously trying to do a good job because I know if I don't, they will be mad at me even more than usual. And that's for me a motivation to do better. If I was going to be alone here and only had, I don't know, ChatGPT to do the transcript of the code afterwards, I know it wouldn't ever complain about what I'm doing. So I would be less motivated. I think that is a natural reflex. So I think the first thing I, I would kind of pull apart a little bit there is uh-huh. you mentioned the uh, the CRAP. And I'm guessing by that you mean the Computational Robot Assessment <laughs> Protocol. Oops, that was your um, writing. <laughs> Yeah, I had to. I had to. I had to figure out what that could possibly be. Um, so, uh, I, I see what you're. I see what you mean, but I still think that that is no different from, um, you know, oh, my boss has already reviewed this doc. He's asked me for my input. Like generally speaking, people. And this is a huge generalization. People tend to go in one of two directions. Either the, oh, my boss has asked me for my input. I must go and really prove myself that this is really important to me. And therefore, I can uh, demonstrate how skilled and knowledgeable I am by by adding lots of things to this, uh, whatever it might be. And the other direction that people often go is like, oh, well, my boss has reviewed it. So that's probably fine. I'll have a quick skim and like, yeah, you know, I'm sure there are no howlers there. As a third one there, because uh, con- uh, criticizing the boss typically is the fast track out of here. So, but continue. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Again, I think this goes back to one of the comments on our on our uh, previous episode, which is uh, depending on how supported uh, one feels in their role. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm I'm just I'm not I'm not convinced that this is a. Um, a particularly uh, like I, I just don't think this is any news. I don't think there's anything new. I think the oh, compared to when, compared to the caveman, or compared to last year, or somewhere in between, perhaps. Um, uh, to the to the caveman. Let's let's go there. Like I think that if if Ugg had. Uh, had uh, had sort of done his little cave painting and. Uh, he asked uh, uh, Shrug to go and review said cave painting um, and said that, you know, tribe leader Blug had done the cave painting. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, and I've already forgotten the names of the people. Okay. I, I, I don't think this is. Yeah, I don't. I don't think this is anything. I don't think this is anything new. I think that people will more often than not, if they're asked to, you know, double check something, they will naturally, as I say, go in one of two different directions. Either if there is, if they have motivation, and I think this does come down to motivation. Mm -hmm. Like if someone is, if for example. Um, someone had installed the uh, computational robot assessment protocol and uh, they were and, and a worker was in fear of like well if this computational robot assessment <laughs> protocol works really well I'm going to be out of a job mm -hmm. then they're going to be motivated to find all of the flaws that maybe the computational robot assessment protocol <laughs> missed and they will be far more diligent far more and this you know, this doesn't take account of of that. So I, I don't, I think this is a flawed sort of concept. I think motivation is far more important um, to understand when we're talking about whether someone is just going to let things slide and like they'll look, but they won't really look versus whether someone will really, uh, really focus and really look the uh, a little bit deeper. Yeah, but I do think that the computational robot assessment protocol can have a definite effect on motivation. And this is mm. recent, uh, recent in the, let's say, industrial revolution kind of recent, where as an employee, you might find uh, find yourself slighted that you are being replaced by a robot. So my boss thinks a robot can do better than me. I don't feel motivated anymore because I don't feel valued anymore. So if I'm supposed to be checking the robot, I might have the idea, I'm just here because they can't fire me easily, but they typically, they don't really want me here anymore. So yeah, whatever, robot has done thing, pass it on. So I do think it can have, automation can have an effect on motivation. And whether or mm. not it is the motivation or the, ro or the computational robot assessment protocol uh, <laughs> addition that causes the um, fear quality, whatever, Q&A control, whatever, um, I think it's kind of, a, Chicken and the egg, right? What came first? They have the same effect in the end. Now, does that mean we should remove human oversight on computational robot assessment protocol activities? Or that we should diminish the importance of said compute, whatever <laughs> the thing you wrote? I'm going to stop saying it. Um, I mean, because uh, robotics aren't going to go away. It's going to get more prevalent, yeah. if anything. I mean, things are getting more automated all the time, which I think is usually a good thing, because if a robot can do it, why would a human, which is infinitely more valuable, be doing it anymore? This has effect on employment and things like that. Yes, I do mm. understand that. But on a more general abstract level, if, an, if a monkey can do it, don't hire a human, because it's not good for the human and it's probably not good for the monkey either. But <laughs> uh, so yes, yeah, so how does how does this evolve? Because if this is actually happening, and if it's whether it's now the, uh, the motivation part of the or the computational robot assessment protocol part, um, how does this? I mean, last episode we talked about how bleak the future was. I mean, this is hopeless, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I I'm not sure that I really see. A long-term future in humanity. Uh, well, that, but also, said it, not me, right? um, <laughs> also <laughs> this this kind of um, this sort of check and balance. Like I can I can see 
where there is maybe more of like, uh, I don't know, like an A-B testing type situation where you have multiple computational robot assessment protocols put in place um, and that becomes like the check and balance and the, 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 the kind of, I think a lot of it comes down to the level of maturity in the, the models within or the, uh, how, um, yeah, how mature the ability for the computational robot assessment protocol to actually detect flaws in whatever the situation is. Like we're talking about this within the scenario of like manufacture, for example. Mm -hmm. And as the demands for efficiency continue to increase, almost certainly the ability for human oversight um, is diminished because humans can only um, only sort of do things at a certain level of speed with a certain level of detail and humans are quite expensive whereas high throughput um, you know uh, automations that are able to process tens hundreds thousands millions of whatevers per whatever are going to be far more efficient but that's only going to work when you've got a very high quality computational robot assessment protocol in place um, that is able to catch an acceptable percentage of defects. And I think this is also where it comes down to um, things like, you know, what what is what risk is there here? Like if you're mm -hmm. talking about um, so there's a couple of things. Like one is what risk is involved, and another one is um, how well understood is this situation. So, for example, again looking at the manufacturing space, um, welding. Like you're welding two pieces of metal together for, I don't know, an aircraft frame or a space shuttle. I mean, they just, those don't fly anymore. A rocket, um, you know, a spacecraft, something Focus. like that. Also, yeah. don't fly. They get shot. Okay, okay, whatever. But they, you know, the understanding of how well penetrated a weld is on the material, whether the weld has any defects within it under X-ray, um, that sort of thing is that's a very, very, very well understood process, and that is something that I can absolutely see being fully automated and maybe only one in every however many might get manually inspected just to make sure that everything's looking okay whereas there are definitely um, situations and spaces where the problems that may occur are less well understood and require more expert analysis to figure out is product x or situation x good enough or not. Uh, well, I disagree with you there. Mm -hmm. Shocker, I know. Uh, specifically because you mentioned rockets. If you had said cars, I would have kind of said, yeah, maybe. But even in cars, if you look at the electric cars today, there's a saying they don't make them like they used to. Well, they don't make them like they used to five minutes ago anymore. Things go so quickly in uh, evolution of materials, how things are connected, so what kind of batteries are being used in electric cars. Rocket ships, forget it. Every rocket ship they build is 
different from the from the previous one, where the, the space shuttle still kind of came from an assembly line, very short one, agreed, a long assembly line, but a very, not a very, very narrow one, <laughs> one at a time. Um, even, I mean, today, I think you can't really, except if you're making, I don't know, soda cans, I guess, or even though soda cans also, the the, the, the amount of aluminum versus plastics are in there, it changes all the time. So I don't think you can say that. Also, you kind of restrict yourself to manufacturing, and I guess the word robot always come, brings to mind a manual, physical manifestation of some kind, but mm -hmm. robots are definitely also software. And once mm -hmm. you go into the software robotics, and I'm not talking about software to control robotics, but things like uh, machine learning, uh, algorithms that decide things automatically are also robots. Um, things like bias, things like, um, is these test group well defined things like that is something you will never be able to just let a computer let's make take a computer instead of robot because robot mm -hmm. doesn't really make sense let the computer decide on that without human oversight no doesn't matter how many surveys you've taken as long as you take a new survey you should have some oversight there and that will never go away i think and in those cases i can very much believe that human oversight kind of decides yeah but the machine learning algorithm is so much more complicated whatever than i am it's probably going to be okay and uh, looks fine move it on even more than on the hardware level because on the hardware level okay if this car crashes and people get killed i guess if i'm at the assembly line i have somehow that in my head that what i'm delivering here can cause bodily harm you're talking about software it's much more remote. It's much more easy to just abstract it away and think, well, it's going to be okay. Yeah, no, maybe. Mm, I think we're actually saying the same thing. Oh, God, which is no. that uh, I think so. Which is that... Um, because even like going back to my manufacturing example of, let's say, weld, welds in a car and analysis of, is that a good structural weld? Like, it's the machine learning... Um, you know, it's the model, it's the training data that allows that robot and its software, more importantly, to actually be able to scan something in some way, shape or form, and then interpret the data as to whether this is a good, uh, whether this is a good world or not. And I, I completely agree with you that that's all down to the training data and um, the material that's fed to it and the oversight that the model has by the human. It's just, I think where I was coming from was more of a case of, which is where the article was coming from, which is a case of where you have a computational robot assessment protocol and then followed up by a human then doing that same job. And I think that is where, I don't think that is scalable. I think in the majority of cases, the computational robot assessment protocol operates doing, you know, 99% of all of these checks and occasionally a human is introduced in the loop just to verify that everything's still looking okay but to your point absolutely the human is is definitely involved in making sure that the training data and everything that is used that the computational robot assessment protocol uses to assess whether something is known good or not is absolutely like human influenced yeah, I mean, if we're agreeing, I guess there's nothing more to add. 
<sighs> well, maybe next episode um, you can play the robot and I'll play the human and we'll see how that goes. But until then, that's all the time we have for today. You can support this podcast. You can become a Patreon. Contributions to help us keep this thing in the air, even if we sometimes just agree. You can go on YouTube, hit the like, subscribe, notification bells. You can do YouTube stuff. Dave likes that. And uh, this Dave needs to be fed from time to time as well. Please go to www.roaringouts.org. There's links to the Patreon page, YouTube page, and more information about the podcast. And you can send your feedback by email to podcast at roaringelephant.org. Until next time, my name is, I'm going to steal this, non-computational robot aggression protocol. Yo. And therefore, my name must be computational robot assessment <laughs> protocol, Dave. I look forward to talking to you again next week. Goodbye. See you then.